Rising Champions, a podcast about the mental side of sports, featuring inspirational interviews with young rising athletes about their quest to win their personal championships. Hosted by Dr. Jason Novetsky of Champion Mindset Group, alongside radio personality Kyle Bogie. Welcome in to episode five of the Rising Champions podcast. I'm Kyle Bogey. We have the great Dr. Jason Nevetsky uh, with me. And Doc, we got to play some golf soon, first and foremost, okay? We need Absolutely. to make sure we get out on the links. I need to take take advantage of some of that mental advice that you're going to be doling out out there on the course, okay? Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Sounds like a plan. Well, I, we don't want to waste any time because this week is, it's a unique uh, interview. We actually have a couple of sisters and two tremendous athletes in two very different polar opposite sports, but unbelievably competitive. They both go about their business in a very different way. But, you know, obviously this was a recorded interview. We already spoke to to both of these girls, uh, Emilia and Elena Zingis. And I, I just, I couldn't be more impressed talking to them uh, about their approach, their work ethic, their focus, the goals that they have for the future. Doc, uh, I think we knocked this one out of the park and, and really we, we have to attribute them and thank them for joining us. Yeah, I mean, both Emilia and Elena Zingas are amazing people, even better people than they are athletes. And that's going to come across uh, in this interview. Uh, you know, both are natives of, of Gross Point area, uh, Gross Point South High School. Uh, Elena now is going to be moving into her sophomore season at Cornell as a, as a female hockey player. And, and Emmy is a recent grad of Gross Point South, and uh, she'll talk about her college plan. So I don't want, don't want to spoil that now. Uh, but uh, like you said, both amazing people, very competitive. Uh, we're going to hear about how they push each other, how they use the mental skills uh, to really up both their games and their respective uh, passions and, and what the amazing futures lie for both of them. So, yeah, we don't want to spoil anything more. I mean, it was just a great, great half hour of discussion with these two great young women. Yeah. And then quickly, you know, for me as a, a new father of a daughter, you know, I, I just, you need more girls and athletes that are just going to go out there and not care, you know, what the stigma is, not care, you know, what men are doing or boys are doing, just um, they, they are just going about their business and, and excelling. And I think they're tremendous role models for, uh, you know, little Blake Emery, uh, who's downstairs actually at, at my house right now. And, and what I hope that she can be, because obviously I want her to get involved in sports. And I think that that competitiveness, it can really serve you well in life and in every area, really. And that's a great point. I think if you're a parent right now of a young female athlete, get them over and listen to this right now and, and pass it on to any friends that have daughters, because these are two amazing girls that uh, are great role models for our society. Well, without further ado, uh, first, uh, we want to thank everyone who's listened, subscribed, um, you know, downloaded, shared uh, the podcast so far. It's really been a fun ride. This is uh, going to be a great episode. Hope you guys uh, enjoy it. Again, this is uh, Emilia and Elena Zingas, uh, two fantastic athletes who you're certainly going to hear a lot from here moving forward uh, on the Rising Champions podcast. All right. So really excited to be joined by the Zynga sisters, of course, Doc, uh, with me as well. And this is the first time that we have had multiple athletes with us and multiple athletes actually within the same family. So this is a really exciting thing uh, on the Rising Champions podcast. And I guess I would be remiss if I didn't ask just based on how I grew up. I have two brothers um, and I know how competitive things would get in my household growing up. But uh, you can both answer at the same time or if you want to do it separately or one can maybe jump in. 
who's the more competitive person amongst you two? Me, yes. I, <laughs> uh, for sure. I mean, I'm more yes. competitive. <laughs> everything. It's like everything in our family. We're both, like our entire family is very competitive, but I think just being the youngest child, I've always had something to prove. So I always have to be more competitive. You always wanted to beat the older sibling, right? That, yeah. That's kind of what it is. And fantastic. I did start off in figure skating. I'm a hockey player. And thank you for having us. We're so yeah, excited to be excited. on the pod- podcast and talk to you guys. Um, but actually, it's funny. I started off as a figure skater. We were both figure skating together. And I heard Emmy's, uh, both our coach actually one day say to Emmy, like, you better keep working or your older sister's going to catch up to you. And I was like so appalled because I thought I was as good as Emmy until I was like, I'm kidding. Yeah. So she's then- a lot better than me at a young age. So um, definitely, I think figure skating kind of fits Emmy's personality mm-hmm. and hockey more team sport. Yeah. So now, w- was there a certain point, I guess, as you guys were were growing up, where I, it it became obvious, you know, like you said, that one was better at you know the other thing, and then you know somebody else is going to veer off and go more, you know, stay with the hockey. Is that was there a certain point where you talked about it, or just it was just like okay, it's very obvious. Um, I think that Emmy has always just had a passion for figure skating. And then I kind of just always loved hockey. I yeah. Guess. And when we were really little, like, as she said, we both figure skated and we both played hockey and I would like be so eager to go to figure skating practice. And I would make a huge fit when I had to go to hockey and it was sit for her. So my parents were kind of like, pick your sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's been a, an honor and a pleasure, Kyle, to work with both these young women. Um, they're incredibly skilled and talented and hardworking. And I've known Emmy now. We're just chatting for almost four years. And uh, I'm just going to start with Emmy real quick. And Elena will, will jump in and, and we'll talk with both of you guys. But Emmy, remind us, you know, how we got together, why we got together, and kind of where we're yeah, at now. So about four years ago, I think it might have been a little bit longer than four years. But okay. um, <laughs> I was really struggling with the mental aspect of figure skating. Obviously, it's an individual sport, so everything is on you. You're responsible for everything that you do and what you bring to the rink every day and what you bring to competition, and you don't really have anyone else to lean on, and I think I was struggling with not only focusing um, in practice but also in competition, and people are like, how do you need to focus that much? It's such a short amount of time that you're on the ice, but really that is the most important thing that as a figure skater you have to do is keep your focus through that period and keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing. So the first thing we worked on was concentration. And, um, I, after four years of working on it, I think I have gotten a lot better with focusing and it really has helped me in every aspect of my life. But yeah, so that's the first thing that I went to you for. Yeah. So Kyle, what we did is we, I think one of the things Emmy had trouble focusing on was remembering certain aspects of the jumps and things like that. We call it popping jumps. That's the vernacular in figure skating that I learned as we went through this. And we created something called performance statements. And so Emmy and I would sit down together and we would really break down what are the certain thoughts or feelings that she needs to remember as she's approaching each one of these very amazing jumps that she does, very dangerous and very amazing jumps. So maybe Emmy, you can tell us a little bit about about that and how that that helped you stay focused. Yeah, so when I came to him, I was just starting to work on triple jumps, which is a big hump in figure skating, like in any figure skater's career, because 
they get so much more challenging physically, but also the mental aspect of it, knowing how much more dangerous it is and knowing what's at risk when you go into one of these jumps. So my mind would really wander as I'm going into these jumps, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, am I going to do it? Am I not going to do it? And we worked on finding keywords that helped me just as I was doing the jump and going into the jump, just know exactly where my body would be. And having that in my head really helped me get over the fear of doing it and also find confidence while doing it. Yeah, that makes sense. It's interesting because, um, you know, and I don't know how many people know this um, or how many people would actually care, but I, uh, my parents thought I might be a hockey player when I was younger. And what's the first thing you got to do if you want to become a hockey player, you got to be able to skate, right? So I, of course, went through figure skating lessons and I was tormented as a young little boy, unfortunately, uh, because I did that. But I never materialized as a hockey player either. But I, I find it fascinating because I grew up on Brian Boitano, Nancy Kerrigan, Tara Lipinski, what, Michelle Kwan, I believe as well. Um, you know, all these fantastic figure skaters. And, and I always marveled at going up in the air and the, the mentality of how many times did they fall on their butt, you know, or how many times did they get hurt? And how do you get over that essentially as you're going up, having the courage to go up, be up in the air and be able to have confidence in landing it? I, I always marvel at that. Did you struggle with that? Yeah, so when you're learning those triple jumps, as I said before, it's really scary, but it's also almost like a mental block. So a lot of times skaters will have one bad fall or you know a few bad days where they fall so hard so many times in a row and your coaches will say, do it again, do it again, do it again, because it's all about repetition, like repetition and getting, like practicing and practicing and practicing until you get it 100% right and 100% smooth and easy looking because that's a big part of your skating as well is having it look like easy and flawless. So um, I really did struggle with that and getting the courage to just trust my body and my mind to be able to complete those jumps. And obviously Dr. Nevetsky helped me a lot with the performance statements and those were really, really helpful in the development of getting those new jumps. Now, I, I, I guess I don't have to be the one to tell you, um, sorry to, to jump in there, Doc, but, um, you know, th these two sports are incredibly different. So, Elena, your background being figure skating, graceful and flowing and, and, and all of that, how, what was the transition like going full bore now you're a college hockey player? Because, I mean, you go from being that to being, you know, it's a more, much more physical game and a physical sport. Yes. So I actually switched over when I was relatively young. A lot of kids these days like start playing hockey when they're like three years old, but I think I was around nine, eight years old and I was never gracious. So that's one of the big reasons I actually switched over to hockey. But I think that um, growing up playing hockey, one of my biggest critiques and something I've always had to work on is my strength and being physical. So I guess that was kind of a hurdle and I still am working on it today. And I, probably won't the rest of my hockey career um stop focusing on that as a big aspect of my game but um yeah I guess I made the switch kind of young so it wasn't too difficult yeah so Elena you and you know with that in mind you had to come over a lot of injuries as well so we spent a lot of time dealing with recovery from injuries and building back up your confidence maybe you can let our audience know a little bit about how you did that I mean it's such a grind to get over those things yeah, so um, I actually came to Dr. Novetsky when I was later. I was a junior in high school, and I had just um, dislocated my shoulder. 
And hockey's always been a space for me, like my closest friends, my best memories. And like growing up playing travel hockey, as most athletes know, it takes like every weekend, hockey practices every night, always go, go, go. And I have loved hockey like my whole life. So um, summer going into junior year, which was like, I had um, luckily already committed to go to school but I dislocated my shoulder and it was like, okay, you need to take six months at least off the ice. Wow. That was hard for me because it was the very beginning of my season. So basically I was going to take the whole junior year off hockey. Um, so that was a lot mentally, especially, um, having your life revolve around something like that. So then I came in and I realized that you, I have learned that you cannot say, why did this, happened to me look at everyone else oh my gosh everyone that was just I was doing that a lot and it was really negative and it was actually affecting like how quickly I think I was recovering and so then fast forward cut to I actually re-dislocated my shoulder um at the end of my senior year of high school so not long after it was about a year and a couple months later and so after rehabbing and everything Um, but my attitude was completely different and I was ready. I had the surgery and I was ready to attack it. And I felt that I was able to come back a lot stronger mentally. And, um, Dr. Nervetsky helped me a lot with understanding the power and just controlling the controllables and focusing on what you can work on in the moment. What was the biggest transition you hear from high school athletes, college athletes onto the, you know, even the professional level of the growth, you know, and the difference in level that it takes to be able to perform, you know, at, at your highest peak going from high school, you know, that level into, you know, the college atmosphere. What, what was the biggest, was there like one moment in practice where it's like, okay, this is a little bit different than high school essentially. Yeah. I mean, from the first practice, you're like, wow and just like the speed of the game. But beyond that, I think it's more just the attitude that shocks me the most. It's like when I was growing up playing travel hockey, it's like, oh, I'm so sore today. And like, I, I don't know, just little comments like, oh, why are we doing conditioning? Why are we doing cardio? And you just can't get away with any of that in college. It's like, if someone says they're sore, like one of my upperclassmen would be like, we're all sore. It's great. Like, you don't say, I wonder if we're skating today. I wonder if we're skating at the end of the practice, like comments like that in the team culture that I think is cultivated at Cornell was just, it was so nice to go into. And once I was there, I realized how much I loved it. It makes you love the sport so much more when everyone around you is just, so focused and happy to be there. Yeah, <clears throat> that's good stuff. Emmy, um, could you maybe give us a little chrono- chronology of uh, your skating path? Because, you know, after you switched over to figure skating and you got involved with some really great coaches and you've been at the same rink a long time, I want to make sure we give them some credit for your development as well. Yeah, so I'm super thankful for my coaches. I've been working with them since I started figure skating when I was like five, six years old. Um, and I started competing when I was around seven and I originally was a lefty and they said, you're not going to be a lefty because you're too good at skating and your jumps are awkward. So they switched me to righty and they were dedicated to my skating career and every other girl that was there from the beginning, like no matter who you were or where you come from or anything, they're like, we're so dedicated to becoming like making you the best you can be. So I've been working with them. Their names are Brooke, O'Keefe and Lindsay O'Donohue and I skate at St. Clair Shores um, Civic Arena 
which is a relatively small club for um, high-level figure skating. So we only have about 10, 15 girls that actually do competitive figure skating. So that's been a little bit of a challenge, just not like constantly being surrounded by people that are competitive. But I wouldn't change it for the world. I've loved every minute of being at Sinclair Shores and having that kind of loving but also um, motivating environment, just having people look up to me as I've gotten older and then having people to look up to when I was young. So I, I guess starting early on, you know, in your career, you, you were obviously involved in more of the, the team aspect and you kind of already, you know, touched on it a little bit, but figure skating, it's all on you. You know, if you do well, you know, that you, you can give yourself all the credit in the world. And of course, some of your coaches and, and doctor, uh, you know, as well, but I, it, going from a team atmosphere to that, do, do you prefer it? Do you think that you learned something, I guess, working as a part of a team before and now that you're, you're basically just on your own? Yeah, so I've played multiple team sports. My parents put us in a lot of sports just as kids. Like, I played soccer, and then I also played lacrosse in high school for a year. So I've had the privilege to experience both team and individual sports. For me, personally, I struggled a lot, and especially when I first started to see Dr. Nvetsky, not only taking credit for my success, but also for my failures. And I think overall, as a person, I've benefited from having that cutthroat type of individual environment because it's just it's helped me learn how to um take responsibility for my actions in the way that I work and I love it now I struggled with it for a long time but I do love it now and I'm happy that I chose figure skating <laughs> so Elena talk to me a little bit about how you guys push each other yeah, well, Emmy pushes me a lot. So, since we were young, um, Emmy's been so, I don't know, just maybe a little more athletic, I would say. <laughs> but um, especially during this period, we realized it a lot, just being home, um, coming home from school, and not being able to go to the gym, not being able to go to the rink, which everyone obviously was going through. But I'm so thankful to have Emmy. I mean, we set up almost like a routine and schedule every day. And it would be like, okay, what are we doing today? So let's switch it up. Let's go on a long bike ride. Let's do rollerblade sprints. Let's do something outside. Let's do something in the basement. And always having like someone that is constantly motivated and loves it around you has helped us in our entire life. And um, I could definitely agree. I don't know. I feel like we also, I mean, we have started getting back to our routine. We want the best for each other and having that. I mean, especially in even teams environments and I mean, being in that environment, you're always going to have that, Oh, who's on the best, whatever in having our own thing, but also wanting the best for each other and knowing our struggles and what we've gone through. I feel like it really helps each other. Yeah. I mean, you, you talked a lot about your own thing. Yeah. Tell, so, tell us more about that and where that came from. Uh, when obviously we have two older siblings as well and they have their passions of their own and I always say well figure skating is my thing because mm. I found that passion at a young age which so thankful that I found that at a young age and I was able to pursue it with um everything that I have and with my sister by my side pushing me too and hockey's Elena's I always say hockey's Elena's thing and figure skating's my thing because it's so different but then again we both have a passion that we're privileged to pursue so it's kind of we do it together but it's so separate that it's kind of nice because I don't have to feel as competitive like against her it's more like competitiveness with 
each other. Like so it's that healthy competition that we're always looking for, even within yeah. the family. So Elena, you mentioned like the schedules and, and, you know, keeping each other on track. And I know, Emmy, that's something you and I worked on a lot. So I think that'd be really interesting for uh, the people that are listening to hear how we utilize schedules to keep you organized, to keep you on a nice routine and to keep you focused. Yeah. So I personally, I find comfort in structure. So when I go to a competition, I map out my schedule of the entire day, almost to the minute, like when I'm going to wake up, when I'm going to leave the rink or when I'm going to leave the hotel, when I'm going to get to the rink, what time I'm going to put my skates on, what time I'm going to start warming up, what time I'm going to get off practice ice, everything is mapped out. And sticking to that kind of schedule releases some of like the nerves and the tension that you're feeling. And it allows you to just focus on what you need to do um, to perform your best rather than worrying about, oh, what am I going to eat at this point in the day? Or, oh, I'm going to be late or, oh, I'm early or I have too much time here, too little time here. So having that stress um, be lifted off of you is something I've really found helpful in all of my competitions. And also in practice, I do it like I have a schedule for each week or each day um, mm -hmm. when I practice as well. Now, Elena, I, I see you smirking a little bit. Is, are, do you kind of view it the same way, or are you a little I just playing a little loosey goosey? Where it's like down to the minute, because I remember like five minutes, my parents would wake me up from like a nap in between games, and I'd be like running to the rink, like a half hour early, like not as routine. But I definitely learned the power in having a structure to your day and routine, especially because. Um, I took a gap year after graduating senior year. And so I took the year and played for my travel team before going to play hockey at Cornell. And that's where I really learned. I am so much more efficient when I actually physically write it down, stick to a plan of the day. And um, I think that definitely um, helped us a lot over this period because instead of waking up at like my first week home, I woke up at like noon and like rolled out of bed and was like, oh, should I eat breakfast or should I work out or should I have lunch? Like I didn't even, I was lost. We didn't know, we didn't know, so. And then we took a step back and started waking up at like eight, getting, getting our workout in, getting our schoolwork done, taking another outside walk, bike ride. And it just, it helps so much. Yeah. And I think schedules make you like hold, help hold you accountable for yeah, stuff. Exactly. So like, when you have that scheduled, you're like, I have to do that. You can't, it's on my schedule. I got to get it done. <laughs> like you can't yeah. skip it. So it, it helps like, and we have each other accountable. It yeah. takes the guesswork out of everything and, and helps the, I think an athlete feel more comfortable uh, because they're in a nice schedule. They're in a nice routine. And that was something that Emmy definitely, you know, thrived in is having that. I mean, we would spend sometimes a whole session just mapping out her, her, you know, her competition schedule and what it was going to be, but it was worth the time. There's yeah. no doubt about it. So girls, a lot of the things we worked on were things like uh, breathing, relaxation drills, concentration drills, and one big topic was visualization. And we kind of put that all together and created what we call mental workouts. Uh, so often athletes, Kyle, just physically work out, but they, they need to mentally work out as well. So maybe both of you can kind of touch on how we developed and what worked for you in terms of the mental training workouts. So for me, I started doing my mental workout um, probably three and a half, four years ago when I started working with Dr. Novetsky. And I've seen a huge difference in every aspect of my life. And my mental workout consists of 
probably a 15 to 20 minute period, which it seems like a lot of time, but when you set that time aside in your day, it's really not that much. And it helps, like, it helps me so much, um, throughout my entire day. So what I do personally is I do visualization with my program music and without my program music, I recite my identity statements and I do um, concentration drills and like practice um, visualizing certain jumps and that kind of stuff. And visualization has helped me um, because when you ask people, oh, how much of the game is mental? They might say 60, 70%, but how much are you practicing your mental game? Zero. And you're practicing your physical game, you know, hours and hours on end in the day. So having that kind of balance really has helped me. Um, yeah, I'll kind of take a different approach to this. I think that the other mental side of it that I have had to work on a lot is just um, having confidence in myself. I think a big part is being decisive in hockey and not hesitating. And I've struggled with that. And I've struggled with, oh, I'm not – good enough, whatever, coming off the ice, beating myself up, being like, oh, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do this? Being in my head. So especially making the transition to college, I mentally had to just realize, um, you know, you just have to work on the next thing, the next thing. And I think my mental strength, especially after my shoulder surgeries, improved a lot. And I would definitely recommend everyone reading the book, Mind Gym. My coach has a read a book every summer, like going in and my Coach does not micromanage us at all, but he definitely um, prepares us while having about having a blue head, which means don't get too high, don't get too low. And I think that has just helped me a lot, especially in everything I did in college, a big test, a big thing, running around campus, trying to get all my work done. So, yeah. Yes, that Lena, we have to hear the story of your first collegiate goal. Okay, yeah. So... <laughs> It, it was very end of the game. It wasn't a nail biter, but I was um, got on the ice with two of my freshmen, um, or my sophomore friend and my freshman friend, um, and it was like 40 seconds left in the game. And I don't know. I just I actually had a feeling I was going to get a goal this game, so I was like waiting in front of the net. And my friend Izzy Daniels um, shot it, and I hit it off my stick, and then I hit it back in again. But it was really exciting because Lina Rink has, like, so many fans compared to any other atmosphere you will see in, like, NCAA women's hockey. And it was that night. I don't know why. Like, the band was there, and everyone was just super hyped. And it was the last 40 seconds of the game. So, we just, like – my coach was like, want to go out again? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was really exciting. My parents, like, called me right when I got off the ice. And that's beautiful. They were watching at home. Yeah. Oh, and that's <laughs> Something you'll never forget, for sure. As a uh, as a recent girl dad, actually, uh, just what three weeks ago, three and a half weeks ago, um, I, I plan to. She doesn't. She, thank you. She doesn't know this yet. I plan to push her into sports of some sort. Okay, <laughs> hopefully golf. We'll see. Maybe figure skating or hockey. I don't know. We'll see. But I, I'd be curious to know because there, there is this hashtag girl dad thing that has kind of been going on, and I know that was a lot of that was centered around Kobe Bryant and, and his death and him really trying to push the women's college basketball game and the WNBA and everything that was going on for you guys, you know, do you, I guess, do you feel, you know, some of that, that there needs to be a bigger platform that, that you can use your voices, your talents to be able to push that. Have you gotten any, I, I guess, pushback on, you know, being a female athlete and, and what that means and, and maybe not being 
on the same level to some people as the males. Do you, do you have any thoughts, I guess, on that? I definitely do, especially <laughs> playing like hockey with boys. Yeah. Being girls hockey player, there's obviously uh, girls hockey has taken off a lot recently, but especially growing up, I was the only girl on a boys team for three years. And like, I dealt with a lot of like, just like, you know, young kids stuff, all the guys are my friends, but being 12 years old, I mean, that is really intimidating. And I feel that um, it does give you confidence being in sports. And um, I mean, how would you? I would say all girls should have the opportunity to pursue their sport without the stigma of um, them being looked at not as an athlete, but only as a female. And I think that that shouldn't be separated. You should be able to be a female athlete and um, achieve all that you achieve without having that kind of drawback of, well, oh, you know, like she didn't do as much as this other male athlete did. And so, um, yeah, especially I've seen with Elena's hockey, she grew up on boys teams, always playing with the boys. Yeah, and like (laughs) for me, I mean, this just happened the other week. I'll just rant. Like I met someone. <laughs> I was like, I, whatever. I and we started talking. I was like, I play hockey, and he was like, You play hockey? You're lying. Like you don't look like a hockey player at all. And I've actually gotten that so many times. And it's like it just frustrates me because I feel that there shouldn't be that stigma against women athletes, and it builds so much character. And it's, um, I mean, people say like why would a woman want to be that muscular or something like that? That would just really upset me because there shouldn't be any of that hate and there's so much power in playing sports and being on a team and confidence and friendships that come with it. And I would definitely encourage everyone to stick with their sport. Well, those are, that's well said. Absolutely. uh, You know, these young women are going to be great role models for, for young girls um, as they're growing up because, you know, what's great about them is they're great athletes, but they're better people. Um, and, and we talk a lot about person over player and it's more important to be a great person. And I think Paige mentioned this weeks ago on our podcast, uh, you know, being a CrossFit athlete, she wants to be remembered for the kind of person she was not so much uh, as an athlete, but both, but person over player for sure. Uh, so I think one thing I want to close with um, both of you guys, you know, future plans, uh, Elena, what are some future plans? I know you got a couple more years of college hockey left. and um, Yeah, I'm really excited to return to campus and keep playing for Cornell. Um, this year was so amazing playing with all the girls, and our six seniors encouraged me so much, and especially, as you were saying, person over player. I think I grew a lot and learned so much from my team and so many life lessons, and um, – I'm really excited to get back on campus and those girls encourage me to be the best person I can be. So just continuing my career at Cornell. Awesome. Yeah. Um, the next year I actually am going to be taking a gap semester before I go to school at Boston university. And in that gap semester, I'm going to be traveling to three different international competitions. And hopefully if I skate well at those competitions, I can qualify for the world championships which will be the qualifiers for the Olympic Games in 2022. Outstanding. Looking forward to that. Yeah, just fantastic. <laughs> I just was going to say, I forgot to mention, I'm also becoming Emmy's manager. Yes, she is. Uh, of course. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, 
Are you going to negotiate what percentage of uh, potential <laughs> earnings you're going to get and all that? Come on now. <laughs> you got to give her, you got to give her a fair rate. It's your sister. I mean, come on. Family rate. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is fantastic. I, I feel like we could have continued with this, uh, for a while, honestly, we, we went a little bit longer than, than we normally do, but this is, this is such good stuff. This is a great com- uh, conversation. I, we appreciate it, doc. I know you obviously uh, appreciate talking to you, to you girls and we wish you the best of luck. And uh, you know, again, uh, we, we thank you for joining us here on the rising champions podcast. Thank you so much for having us. It was an honor to be able to talk to you guys today. Yeah. Great. And uh, I know from, you know, people are going to want to know how can they follow you on social media because they're going to want to keep up with these amazing stories. So my Instagram is just my name, Emilia Zingas, E-M-I-L-E-A Zingas. And mine's the same, not creative, but it's a lame. (laughs) Just my name. Yeah. Very good. Thank you guys so much for being on. Uh, It's been a very powerful podcast, I think. Thank you. We appreciate it so much. Thank you for listening to the Rising Champions podcast. Please subscribe and join us again next week for another episode.